from a galaxy far, far away. And a bookshelf straight out of the 90s. From Thrawn to Dantooine, and everything in between, this is Legends Look Back. It is time for the show. We have got a Legends classic, a masterpiece, if you will. I don't actually know what we've got it rated uh, as a, on the Eugene.com. Probably up there, you know. Most likely incredible. However, an absolute legend staple that is... What is this book? The Kratos Trap. There we go. Uh, by Michael A. Stackpole. An amazing book we're very excited to talk about tonight. And earlier in the week, I always have to do this. So we're getting ready for our episodes. Uh, check in with everybody. Make sure, you know, the reading's going okay. Life happens. And I want to make sure that I don't, like, you know, make Freddy do the thing where he reads the first chapter and then reads the last chapter and then the second to first chapter and then, you know, don't want to put them under a huge time crunch. So I try to check in. Say, how are we doing? Getting those pages read. Huh. And Emily tells me, "Yeah, I'm on. I'm on track to finish. However, I'm doing something a little out of the ordinary, which prompted the notes in the cold open tonight. Simply say this: Emily reads books like a psychopath. <laughs> so, without further ado, Emily's going to tell you why I say she reads books like a psychopath, which I've misspelled. I'm realizing. <laughs> um. So." I decided that I needed to have a bit more background, so I decided to read Wedge's Gamble at the same time as the Krytos Trap, because I didn't have enough time to read Wedge's Gamble first and then Krytos Trap. Mm -mm. So I am currently 50% of the way through Wedge's Gamble and 100% of the way through Krytos Trap, and I kind of found it really fun. Interesting. And it was kind of like one of those shows where like it jumps, like you know what happens at the end. But then oh. it like jumps back and you don't know how it got there. I oh. I thought it was really fun. I thought you were so listening to Wedge's Gamble in one ear and Kratos Trap in the other. <laughs> no. no. That's 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 only Corn Horn would enjoy that much Corn Horn. <laughs> that's it, true. It is a lot of Corn Horn. I will say that. However, <laughs> I feel like the Kratos Trap Corn Horn is more appealing than the uh, Wedge's Gamble one. I just got. You mean the one where we assume he's dead half the book? <laughs> I guess <laughs> that's a, they a have very to brainwash. Good point, he's in the middle of being brainwashed, and his memories yeah. are coming back to him. And <clears throat> yeah, uh, well, you might be onto something if you are doing a legends reread. And you know what's going to happen. Just kind of play around the structure a little bit and build in some flashbacks that weren't there. You know, in the original. Uh, rendition of the story. Well, it was so great I kinda... because I got I got Rogue Squadron, and then all of a sudden, Corn's dead, and I'm just thinking, how did that happen? <laughs> that just like really came out of left field. I have no idea how we got here. And then over time, I was like, wait a minute, he's like, how can he be such a prominent character in Legends if he if he's already dead? You know, like there's a mm. lot. Like I never knew how he became a Jedi. Like because you guys always talk about that, and. I don't know. There were a lot Spoilers, of answers. by the questions. way, for the X-Wing series. <laughs> okay, whatever. These, uh, if you're here, yeah. you expect spoilers. In my opinion, like, if you click on a roundtable book, read the book. Am I right, Jerry? Yeah. Well, what? Okay, listen. In <laughs> oh, the 100 and whatever, three episodes of this show, once, twice, three times ever have I not mm. actually finished mm -hmm. the reread of the book. I've never gone wow. to a, an episode knowing nothing about the book, because... It's, you know, I've read these before. Okay. Very rarely have I actually had to read the book for the first. Yeah. Hey, she's outed me. I didn't finish it. All right. I'm 150 <laughs> pages in. I've read it before. 
I know what happens mostly. Yeah. I don't. I don't exactly know how Corin, you know, escapes. But that's the I cool will next week. What? That's the cool part, yeah. right? The the more you or I I don't know. I've probably read this book five times. I can't even count how many times I've read it. And I still re- when I go back into, it, I'm like, wait, how did this happen again? <laughs> it's amazing. It's, it's yeah. such yeah. A, like an action packed book. Oh my goodness. Oh yeah. We're, we'll give our full reviews here in a second. Yeah. However, mm-hmm. Emily, your, we'll call it unconventional reading method <laughs> for method. tonight's I'm okay with that. episode. It does prompt this question that I had earlier today, which is, okay. what is the most unusual method you have ever employed in reading a Star Wars book? That you have, I've like, ever employed? Yeah, so this is really odd to read two books at the exact same time, back and forth, back and forth. Especially books that are contingent one upon the other. This so book is probably, two and book three of a series. Yeah. That's odd. I will say, usually I do have two books going on. If I'm in like a Star Wars books mood, then I'll have an audiobook and an ebook of the same. Like not, not the same thing. It'll be two different books. Yeah. Um, it, this one I was pretty strange. I got a little bit confused uh, part of the way through. Part of that is because I, I read a lot on my phone in the middle of the night when I can't sleep. Mm. So part of it is like sleepless days. And then the other part of it is like, wait, did I listen to this? Or like, I thought that this happened, but maybe oh, that was in the other Corrin's book. Especially when Corin's having like his fever dreams. That's got to be, yeah, you know, that was... the flashbacks of. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely, it it got hairy <laughs> for sure. Okay. Uh, Rick, Freddie, do you have like one instance in particular that stands out to you as many a very odd way of having okay freddy's got some yeah and this i think this lends itself to the early days of legends look back when uh jared had the uh idea to read a book a week the gumption the gumption Gumption. (laughs) (laughs) that's so funny i was thinking about about the word uh forrest gump earlier too so there we go work that way work that into the podcast uh, Legends but, is like a box of chocolates. Yeah, there you go. Uh, reading, you know, the first 10 chapters and then reading the last 10 chapters and then kind of going back and forth between chapter 11 and then maybe like chapter 22 and then chapter 12, oh. just just to work my way th- through to the middle. You know, at least I know the beginning, the end, and the, the stuff in the middle I've read at one point, I might remember. <laughs> but that that's definitely weird to me. I mean, that that's very psychotic as well you you guys are weird man <laughs> like Rick, I, come on now. I i i don't think i've ever done anything like that like the most bizarre thing i've done is crank up the audiobook speed to like two and a half and yeah but most of the time i read uh like digital or print with an audiobook because i like hearing it and seeing it at the same yeah. time um that's my favorite way to read the weirdest other than that is like, ooh, I'll read it on the Kindle and the paperback and listen to it. Like that's the most that's bizarre. Lot. But I I always read linear. Um <laughs> I've never skipped around in a series, at least not intentionally. Um now I kinda wanna try. Like, what's a good series just to like jump in, in the middle of? This like, how one. about New Jedi Order? Can I just like jump oh, in the middle uh, of that? That would be a great one, one to try. I thought that, that yeah. would be I will say I don't I did know that I would recommend them. it. I'm too much of a rule yeah. follower. Go ahead, go ahead, Emily. <laughs> no. So it 
I, I tried this once in college for the Hunger Games series. I read oh. the first one and it was amazing, but my friend had the second one and it was like, you know, 9 p.m. when I finished the first. So it's like too early in the night to stop reading and I had to know what happened next. But I only had the third one. I didn't have the second one. And she was like off on some break. So like it would be it would be days. And I couldn't wait that oh, long. Have you heard of the library? <laughs> yeah. It was nine o'clock, Jared. The library College was libraries it was are open at nine o'clock. I need to read. <laughs> I need Literacy it. doesn't sleep, okay? Also, what? 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 there was a long hold for all the ebook versions. And I think this was before I started reading a lot of ebooks. For a while, I was a ah. very, really big paper book fan. But... You know, just convenience. I'm still wins a paper out. book fan. Yeah, mm, I mean, if I had time, so. absolutely. But I just don't have time with two kids. Plus, when you're traveling, Kindle super small fits in anything. Mm-hmm. So this is an interesting thing. Uh, Go ahead. Last Brady. time, the last time I read Trusa Bakura from front to back without doing it weird, like I have, has it's probably been like ten years since I've read it. So that means if I read it again, which is going to be soon, that counts for my. My uh, book reads, huh? <laughs> if it's got been a, like a while, then yeah. We've got a great one here in the chat from Anakin Solo. This is truly bonkers. And now that I'm at the end of my Legends read-through, I guess I could turn around and do it this way. Oh, yeah. I won't. Let me be very clear. I'm not about to try to tackle all these books again. <laughs> However, this would be a really fun experiment. He says, I once read the EU backwards from Fate of the Jedi to Dawn of the Jedi, and holy cow, if that's not the coolest thing I've ever heard. I so Congratulations. Well yes. done. Well done. Absolutely love that. Uh, I'm yeah, trying to think. Awesome. I, you know, I've got a couple of like memorable Legends experience, or Star Wars book experiences that I've never had before. Like uh, the camp where my in-laws work up in Maine. I mowed the entire camp. It took me like three days, which is huge property, on their brand new bad boy, you know, uh, Full tilt boogie. Turn. What do you call those? Yeah, zero turn. I call them full tilt boogies. <laughs> They're um, riding lawnmowers. <laughs> same thing. Same thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I was listening to one of the uh, the Alphabet Squadron books. So that's canon. So, mm-hmm. but uh, listening to a Starfighter book while that driving a mower like around so... as fast as you can it was very fun. Yeah. You know, you know what's funny? Good. So being from California and Arizona and basically the West Coast, I was I was totally lost when you were talking about full tilt boogie. I was like, I don't know what's what he's talking about. <laughs> You don't we say don't full tilt grass. boogie in California? Oh. I've never heard of grass. that. Oh, yeah, that's true. It's just like rocks. <laughs> wow. Man, that's I've, cool. I've got another one. Oh, I've got some uh, audiobooks saved in Google Drive. Uh, how did they end up there? Long story. They're all obtained <laughs> above board, I can assure you. Okay. All right. Mm-hmm. I pay for all my books. But I've got a bunch of them because you never know when the internet's going to straight up yank them away. If you're you paying, paying, yeah, you this has happened away. to me. I've, I've I've lost a book or two. I I think I'm missing some Legends comics since the Comicsology split, since Amazon uh, messed all that up. I think I'm missing some, which is uh, a problem for another day. But sometimes I have trouble getting the files back in the right order once I re-download them. So mm-hmm. especially like my current listen yes. through of uh-huh. uh, the Kratos trap, my files are yeah. out of order. So it'll be like yeah. chapter thirteen, and I'll get to the end of it, and then it'll go straight up into chapter nineteen. And I'm like, wait a second, hold up, <laughs> what is happening? <laughs> especially because I've read these before, so I'm like, yeah, yeah, sure, I know what happens here, and this is when there's the court scene, and then all of a sudden I realize that's not where I'm at in the book. And you gotta pull the bicycle over, turn off the lawnmower, 
Get it? Oh, yeah. It's, That's so it's a whole thing. So, however, Emily, no, I think tonight the award certainly goes to you reading you. two of the books the exact same time. Highly recommend. If you if you haven't read either yet, not a chance. I mean, it's kind of fun. Happen. <laughs> well, we are going to talk about this in a little bit more of a well organized fashion tonight, talking about all the characters in. What is this one? Yeah, here we go. The Kratos Trap. See if I can stop doing that. And so, without further ado, Rick, let's light those engines. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Legends Look Back, proudly part of the Utini Podcast Network. This is a Star Wars books podcast for people whose VHS collections rival the Jedi Temple archives, where we celebrate our rich EU history as well as dive into lesser-known Star Wars classics. I'm your host, Jared Mays, and I'm joined by my legendary co-hosts, Freddie C. Hello, everyone. Uh, you know, speaking of VHSs, I, you know those, those giant uh, China display cases uh head to toe full mm -hmm. of china well i probably mm -hmm. have about eight of those filled with vhs's of all types what yes nice. <laughs> so what we used to do nice. is back in the day we would just go to like uh, a goodwill or some kind of thrift shop and just scoop up any vhs that was not on our list and what we my family did was just try to collect as many as possible so there's some weirdos, nice. some weirdo uh, VHS movies in there. I, I'd have to find. <laughs> mm -hmm. Oh, I'm wow. so intrigued. I had no idea. Yeah. Doing 103 episodes with Freddie C and had no idea about <laughs> that. You know who always... I've also done a lot of episodes with, but not 103 of them, is Emily Daybeck. How are you? Uh, the way, yeah, there she is, Emily Daybeck. <laughs> hello, hello, hello. I am, I'm here and apparently a psychopath. Stay tuned <laughs> hey. for more. No, you're not a psychopath. It's just no. It's this an unusual time. reading technique for sure. But I mean, the race <laughs> to the finish is real. I'm very competitive, and um, I didn't realize I was in the game until it was too late to get out. So here I am once again. Torn you mean into you didn't pieces. realize you didn't realize you were in the game until you were mm -hmm. winning? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what happened. <laughs> so crazy. <laughs> Tyler checks in with me every few weeks and he's like, I finished another book. Is Emily still winning? And I say, Yeah, I think so. <laughs> I also, don't know. I have, every I don't keep count. Every time he messages me, I'm like, Yeah, by the way, I'm stuck again. And uh <laughs> let me tell you, choose a better method than I chose in terms of uh which legends books you're gonna read and in what order because Ooh, saving I the Saving the bottom of the barrel for yeah. last, not the best idea <laughs> if you ever want to finish, <laughs> especially if you challenge your friends to a competition. One of those friends we've challenged to a competition is Rick Grace. How are you, Rick? Hello, hello. I'm good. If you hear me yelling at Tycho, it's not just expletives at uh, Tycho sells you from the book we're talking about. It is because I named my puppy dog that, That's so and cool. so he's running That's around. Best. And, uh, yeah, he's kind of disruptive and he's barky right now. But so, yeah, I'm good, though. So uh, ignore any, ex not expletives, but uh, what's the word? Exclamations, I guess. Hey, yeah, uh, there we'll you go. go. No that. expletives on yeah. this show. It's a no, family-friendly no show, Rick. That's family right. Family-friendly right. show. It's, it's PG-13, I'd say, for sure. Yeah. It's, it's gotten more PG-13 with all the references to Naked Palps, but <laughs> oh, that's fair. we've had very relatively few I swears. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> the, in the overall scope of the show, have we not? Yeah, no, yeah. it is a family-friendly show, I think. Yeah. Dake Farrick, you bet we have. <laughs> kids love being naked. It's fine. Naked is just a fact well, of life. I feel like that's still PG. Makes kids laugh. Yeah. Yeah. 
Well, um, <laughs> moving on from that one. Hold on. Okay, unrelated, unrelated, but I have to follow up on Freddie's Goodwill thing. My routine, when I go to a Goodwill, A, what, what the one? I guess it's one. <laughs> Check for Star Wars books and see what they have, because yes. they might have one. Yes. You never know. Yes. Sometimes they do. Mm-hmm. And then second is count how many VHS sets of the Titanic they have, <laughs> because it's always more than one. Really? And it's always fun. So true. Rick. Oh, my yeah. gosh. Oh, y'all. It's... My... Hold on. You go, go ahead, Emily. All right. Well, so I was going to say that's exactly <laughs> what I do when I go to a thrift store. It's like immediately Star Wars things. Let's just go look for all the Star Wars mm-hmm. things. And then I notice when I look in the VHS, because I always look for Star Wars VHS, there's at least two minimum Titanics. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I have never noticed that. And I thrift a lot. But I will say, from now on. my Christmas tradition is I set up my Christmas tree by myself watching the Titanic. And for a long time, it was the VHS version. I don't know why. This is just what I do. And I would only watch the first tape because that's where everyone's alive. And so after that was after that's done, I just kind of put it away and you know, rewind right, it for next year. Message, Oz. We're clipping that one. That one's going up on the YouTube for sure. I... Wait, oh, what was so good first about of all, that? Now I'm like, we got to talk about our Christmas traditions because mine is oh, the exact opposite. We listen to In Sync Christmas with and the, we only watch with the second VHS <laughs> with the family. <laughs> <laughs> no, <laughs> passing the ship uh. on over to you. Um, no, no, the thing that all right, Rick, you remember you and I went to that thrift store and we found a literal crate full of Twilight books. I call it the oh, Twilight yeah. Graveyard. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> when you go thrifting, Emily, next time, after you have sunk mm. the Titanic, look mm. for Twilight. I guarantee you there, oh, yeah. Yeah, there is a Twilight a book. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep. You could actually I, probably squeeze a Twilight book up inside a VHS case <laughs> of the Titanic. Ooh, it's possible. Um, I also want to see how cheaply I can get all the Left Behind books because they're also at thrift stores. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> they've been but. left behind. Well, you guys are going to leave me behind for the crazy mood I'm in tonight. Um, We've got some fun stuff to talk about here with an absolute legends classic. And we will do so while watching Titanic and listening to NSYNC. But for tonight, just a few things to get into. Merry Christmas. I love that song. Merry Christmas. The world of legends got a few little news items tonight. They could not wait for... Uh, a new specific show they had to happen here tonight, and that is something really odd, really bizarre. Speaking of VHS tapes, Rick, do we have the image? Knights of the Old Republic yeah. so is getting a limited run games VHS <gasps> cover what? collectible. Isn't that item insane? At mm-hmm. this is going to be uh, only available a convention exclusive at PAX West this weekend. So, view our listeners going to PAX West and. Uh, Interested in a little bit of black market credits. Um, that's all I'm going to say about that. Let Jared okay. and me know. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> this is so odd. What, what's your take on this, Freddie? This is weird to me because, okay, so the game that predates Star Wars The Old Republic, the MMO, is uh, Star Wars Galaxies. And there we go. Everyone with your toothpick holders with fluids yep. in it, you can go and take that. Uh, but but I never recall VHS even being around during this time, so it's kind of like, uh, I mean, it's, it's not that old. On the way out, <laughs> mm. this is this is two thousand three. 
the last VHS I bought, y'all are gonna love this, was The Phantom Menace. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. That was yeah. the last VHS I bought. It's the only prequel that I own on VHS. Mm-hmm. I used to own a black market copy of Attack of the Clones, but I don't anymore. That's a long story. But yeah, the only one that I own officially. <laughs> so it's definitely the tail end. Also, it's not a movie. It's a video game. But I love Knights of the Old Republic that much that I would just want this extremely rare, extremely specifically yeah. odd collectible. Yeah, you know, I remember so, when VHS came out and I just thought, man, that's not going to last. No, not, not VHS, <laughs> DVDs. I was just like, what a waste of money. Like, how sad that, like, people are going to spend all this money. Like, we're obviously never switching from the VHS. It's a perfect solution. You know, who doesn't want to rewind the movie immediately after you finish watching it? Be kind. Rewind. I'm thinking about having my wife, like, hand letter a really nice, you know, those signs that say, like, gather in a really scripty font. (laughs) I want one hanging above my TV that says, be kind, rewind. Oh, I think think I'm going to pull the trigger on it. That is awesome. Uh, Yeah. Uh, I like that a lot. I like well, that. You about to say something, Freddie? Uh, yeah, I lost it. <laughs> that's fine. That's fine. All right, moving on. Uh, so that's very cool. Anybody picking this up? Let us know. Even if you, you know, not looking to sell an extra copy, we'd love to to celebrate with you. Very cool. Very rare. I'm sure it's going to be an expensive collectible one of these days. Yeah. Also, a couple of fun little tidbits here to members of the community and to the Star Wars Legends universe at large. Happy 71st birthday to Timothy Zahn. I found this out in the Discord today. I had to give the absolute goat a shout out. Mm-hmm. Or should I call him the goat oat if he was a clone? <laughs> <laughs> so good. Did, did he invent that naming convention of uh the extra the extra letter? I, I think it's I think it's a Zon thing, right? I mean, it has to be. Yeah. Well, you heard it here first, folks. Okay. And then uh from our community, our buddy Bro Dameron over in the Discord, speaking of the Legends Race to the Finish. He started his his race to the finish two and a half years ago, but he has finished his Legends read-through, which we've been following along with uh, <sighs> book by book, piece by piece, for the last two and a half years. Huge congratulations to Bro Dameron. Finished with Dawn of the Jedi. Freddie, you feeling jealous? Uh, you know what? I just messaged him right now that uh, he's not my friend anymore, so... <laughs> 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 no, this is awesome. I mean, anybody who finishes Legends, uh, to me, that's that's a huge feat. That's roughly what, Jared, how many books is that? Uh, if the adult novels is the, is in the 200 range. Yeah, it's like 230-something maybe for some reason. That, that number sticks in my head, but I could be totally wrong. The amount of times I've counted this and forgotten is <laughs> yeah. staggering. <laughs> that, that, yeah, it's that true. That's like 264, 270, 4. Coming up next week. Yeah. Uh, that can't be right. It's It's fewer than that. It's fewer than that. Okay. Yeah. Well, anyway, because I've read all the canon great. books too, and I'm at right about 300 books. It, we'll we'll get a number another yeah. week. We're not great at math. We're great at <laughs> legends. So we're gonna do the legends thing tonight. So, um, absolutely huge congratulations. So, without further ado, we're gonna get into it. Crytos trap. Here we are. This is our spoiler warning. In case we haven't spoiled things enough for you already, this is your last warning. Turn back now. Or. Uh, Tycho, no, who is it that, uh, yeah, Corrin Horn will shoot you down. Because uh, Tycho flies the shit without the guns. That's what you got to remember. Okay, here we go. The book opens at the funeral of Corrin Horn. If only, right? 
he's not actually dead. We're going to learn that out. Because, as it turns out, he is deep in enemy territory, imprisoned on the Super Star Destroyer Lusankia. Lusankia, I hardly knew you. He's being brainwashed <laughs> into an Imperial TIE pilot, but Corrin Horn is too smart for that. And eventually, with the help of his friend Jan, who turns out to be Rebellion General Jan Dodana, gets out of Dodge. And by Dodge, I do mean that I don't 100% remember exactly how he escapes because I'm not quite finished the read-through. So uh, <laughs> filling us in from here at this point, picking up the slack for me, is Emily Daybeck. Yes, the mission to liberate Coruscant, the symbolic hub of the galaxy, is a ticking time bomb of disease and death. The gist of it is it melts aliens. New Republic leaders are bioengineering a solution, but partisan politics and the suspicion of anti-speciesism stands in the way. Meanwhile, we have the trial of Imperial pilot turned rogue Tycho Selchu, also Rick's dog. With fellow rogue pilot and Twi'lek lawyer Nawara Ben in his defense, they must prove his innocence of betraying the New Republic. <laughs> what? The note says Nawara Ben. It autocorrected it, it auto says Nawara Ben for the B. I meant to say something earlier, but I forgot. So I chortled right there That's... because I noticed it way earlier. I found an actual typo on the Utini website today. Where it oh, had autocorrected from there are a lot of names. Ben to Noara. Ben. <laughs> Lots of consonants over here. All right. Sorry, Emily. Oh, Continue. <laughs> so it takes the countless alien lives on the planet of Coruscant, as well as the honor of Rogue Squadron itself. Corrin interrupts the trial. <gasps> Tycho wasn't the spy after all. If that wasn't enough shocking twist for you, it turns out that the Lusankia prison was, in fact, Izard's super star destroyer buried beneath the surface of Coruscant, which blasted off like Team Rocket. Izard escapes to Thyfera to sit on her big fat pile of Bacta. Plus, the part about Wedge's romance with Ayala, whose dead husband came back to life, but he was an Imperial sleeper agent, so Wedge is in the clear, but more about that later. Wow, well done. At this point, we are going to go around the horn and give our ratings and uh, apparently freddie's ready to rate this one a number one new york times best smeller because he's got an ancient copy of the kratos trap over there i got my my new bad boy over here doesn't even have creases in the spine yet both beautiful listen to the listen to the audiobook yeah beautiful in their own way that's right yeah what's crazy is these eyeballs all right ready freddie what's your uh, what's your rating here of the kratos trap we've got Five yeah. possible scores, masterpiece, incredible, good, fair, and mediocre, and five categories, plot origi- uh, plot, originality, writing style, characters, and entertainment. So, first of all, I'm going to talk about this book, right? This is the first, this is actually the first time for this episode that I've listened to the audiobook, and I didn't know it was pronounced a ginger this whole time. Uh, it's not. I've got a bone to pick with that. <laughs> yeah, me too, me too. Just like Rankers and Ginja. Uh, yeah so this this book here has uh shadows of the empire uh snippet chusa bakura uh, of course it has a snippet of rogue squadron and wedges gamble a courtship of princess leia i mean it's it's got quite a bit in here it's it's kind of fantastic to see this again and this is always my favorite part of these old books where you can order it uh mm-hmm. from the back pages and then send it oh, yeah. send it That's in crazy yeah i love it you should give it a try, Freddie. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to. Yeah. Hold on. How much is uh, X Wing? Twenty two bucks. No, it was five ninety nine. Cool. So anyway, <laughs> wow, five ninety nine. Yeah, man. Uh, I 
I like this book, but I don't know if I like it as much as number two, Wedge's Gamble, because there's just a lot of action happening there. I mean, there's a lot of action in this book, too. It doesn't sell itself short. It It's incredible. I would say it's incredible. Uh, masterpiece. I would feel I honestly feel like Wedge's Gamble would take a masterpiece uh, really? versus this book. I You know, to me, it's it's the one that really starts jumping into the action because you've got the first one, which is a long drawn out version of of introductions and making kind of introduces the characters yeah it gives you investment which it needs it needs uh and this and and of course of course wedges gambles like all right time for the action here we go right that that to me feels very top gun uh versus the first one because it's you know top gun it's a movie it's two hours definitely top gun yeah totally top gun and i'm so into it to me that's a masterpiece this one it's like the it, it, is there a like a uh, let's see what would it be masterable incredible piece masterable mas masterable master credible yeah man credible uh, no we don't want this that it's gonna get alone. awkward really quickly yeah. um, <laughs> anyway uh, this book is I, I, is right in between but if I had to give it an I, it would be incredible it's it's a great book uh, if you're listening to the audiobook, it's gonna throw you right into the cockpit. That's what I feel like, at least. Uh, it, you're, you're, if especially if you have your eyes closed or you're working out. I, I listened to this book working out, and it, it really pushed me into that, like, uh, in those moments when I needed to do that last squat. Oh goodness, it worked. <laughs> yeah, nothing like those lawsuit scenes to really get the squats pumping. Am I right? <laughs> so that's the thing, though. There's, there's a section of this book that just kind of draws out, but, but it. It's like, I mean, it, you have to see it. It's just like seeing the politics in, in Star Wars. You know, the, the ones that appreciate it more are going to be the ones that understand it. And really, I, you know, battles are born from political discourse. And you need to see how the war started. And just like this, right, we, we've, got, we've got someone who's being blamed for something that's not, that, that they're not guilty of. But it's like all the politicians get involved and, and you're just like, no, you know, we gotta, just like wedge, we gotta do what we gotta do here. We just can't lie and make up these things. But, uh, the plot style is great. If you're, if you're not into like quick paced books or a slow paced, you know, court scenes, this might not be for you. Uh, I, I think the court scenes are some of the best in the it book. Is, honestly, it really is. It, it, I don't know if that's what court is, is like. Thankfully I don't have to be in court. Um, yeah, it's a very '90s like uh, court. Yeah. Objection yeah. overruled, sustained. Just the facts. So right. of that. Yeah, and it turns <laughs> out the murder never happened. Yeah, it's very. Bust 90s, through the back yeah. door. I'm Corin Horn, and I'm here to solve a murder. Yeah, and of course yeah. the characters are great. Right, we've got like a Bothan spy who, you know, we're not sure what she's gonna do, and she does exactly what we would hope. And that's the whole point of this book, right? It, it's fantastic. I love it. It's it's a it's incredible. I like it. It's. It's a uh, necessary for the series. I'll say that. Great review there from Freddie. Calls it incredible. And mostly agree with him. Yeah. All right. How about y'all? I mean, I think it's a masterpiece, personally. I love I think it is probably one of the most original Legends books I've read. Because it's just like, it, there's a plot twist around every single corner there's like suspended disbelief as you're like you're not sure if Tycho is legit or not and you don't know if Corrin's dead or not and you don't know where Lusanka is and then like just one by one you're like what is going on like I these are 
like legit plot twists. I feel like we've seen it all at this point in entertainment, but going back and reading this, I'm like, a Star Destroyer in like embedded in Coruscant? What? And like the gravity is like the opposite of the way it should be? What? Like who even thinks about this stuff? I thought it was an entirely engaging. I It was everything that I love about Legends because there's like, there's rules, but like, as long as you can justify it, you can get away with bending the rules. Yeah. And I I just loved it. I can't wait to finish it. And I did not like Rogue Squadron. I thought that was pretty boring. And Wedge's Gamble is pretty good so far. I'm like halfway through. But I thought this was a masterpiece. Yeah. Second half of Wedge's Gamble heats up. And mm-hmm. this really pays off. Uh, I think absolutely. I, I remember absolutely loving it my first read through. Mm-hmm. And it, all those feelings, as Emily began to describe, you know, her... her doubt about Tycho and did he do it? Did he not do yeah. it? And then the, the Lusankia coming up out of the ground, I was like, Oh yeah, I remember what that felt like for sure. That was uh, an amazing experience. And uh, it might be the strongest of the 10 book series, depending on how we slice and dice the series. Honestly, it really, it is ridiculous how many story arcs within yeah. the overall story there are a masterpiece though. Happy to hear, happy to hear that uh, big good. step up for you from, from what somewhat disappointing experience with Rogue Squadron, would you say? <laughs> I mean, comparative, uh, comparatively, builder. yeah, yeah. It's there's just there are a builder. lot of characters, and there are lots of different yeah. species, and their names are really hard to keep straight. Which I was going to say, please forgive me because I'm going to make mistakes <laughs> in saying the yeah, names at the end of this the episode. episode. <laughs> the end of the episode, I want Emily to recite no. the entirety of Rogue Squadron after she's finished that drink over there. So, um, <laughs> yeah, that's helpful. <laughs> All right, wait, you got a list, Freddy? Oh, yeah, yeah. No, it's, uh, Dramatis yeah, Personae. Yeah. Dramatis Personae. Audiobook didn't have that. Yeah. So the, the, the this is Audible, or the Kindle does. You've got them it's, separated I don't think out. it's in the audiobook. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, you're right. It is in the Essential Legends collection version, though. There is a good Dramatis Personae. All right. Uh, Rick, your score. Mm, yeah. <clears throat> I'm somewhere in between Masterpiece and Incredible 2. Um, I... My only complaint is there wasn't more, um, like, dogfight and, yeah. like, space battles. That's what I want to see in a X-Wing series book. But, that being said, it was incredibly entertaining. Um, very well written. It was very exciting, like you guys have said. So, there's tons in there that, um, you know, keeps the excitement going. Um, I love the character development, you know... The twists and turns, like you guys have said, were 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 good. Kept me interested for sure. Um, so I don't know. I might I might bump the score up after we're done talking about it. But uh, I think right now it's like high, incredible. Yeah, I, I think Rick, you hit it on the head. The what you want to see in a in a Rogue Squadron book is, in my opinion, uh, Wedge's Gamble. Right. That's why I mm. feel like that book is is high up there. It, it's all action all the time. I mean, it's clandestine work as well, which is really fun to see. Uh, and Especially the part where uh, they're the Telboon and the... Oh, oh yes. my goodness. Yeah, I just got past yeah. that part. Yeah. Like, yeah. it got just, a little weird. It, it, <laughs> a little <laughs> dominatrix oh, action totally. going on in yeah. your Star Wars book. No big deal. Yeah. And it kind of gets you like... It's like high anxiety the whole time because at any moment, something bad could happen in that book. And... and you really don't know when it's going to happen. And in this book, I feel like you have a fairly good idea of what's what's 
coming, but maybe not entirely sure. I feel like by this point, we all know who the spy is, right? Uh, it's a little obvious. Uh, and then uh, I would say the most important part, though, is is honestly, I, I keep saying that they're slow, but the, the, the legal scenes. For Michael Stackpole to make these legal scenes action-packed is insane. Because even those scenes, they are slow, but they, they do, I mean, it gets you like, uh, you know, you you hear the question. You know where it's going on on the prosecutor side and on the defense side. You're like, no, it's not right. How, how, why are you doing this to my witness? <laughs> you can feel that intensity and that anxiety in in the courtroom. And it uh, for Michael Stackpole to do that for something that we would all think is boring is pretty fantastic. So yeah, it is like a space battle. Yeah, um, it is. <laughs> but it's you know the back and forth because he Noiravin like plots the trajectory of where he wants the argument to go and what he thinks that the 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 defense that what's the other side prosecutor. called prosecutor right what they're gonna do yeah i'm really good at law stuff don't worry um <laughs> like he, he anticipates their strategy and then when they flip the script they start off with a different strategy he talks about his his brain tails are twitching can we talk about the brain tails for a second oh yeah moving uh, on yes. yeah so we won't talk about the brain tails but they're called brain tails so that's cool they twitch when he's nervous he even correct some in the book oh uh these are actually called leku. Like, that's the proper that's term. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Mm-hmm. I saw on the internet today that people put pool, noodle, <clears throat> pool noodles on the horns of aggressive goats. Noodles. Yeah. You don't know about this? Mm-mm. Yeah. If you no. got an aggressive what? goat, you put pool noodles over the horns. And look it up online. A goat <laughs> with pool noodles on the horns looks just like Twilight Brain Tails. <laughs> no way. I'm telling you. And... Now I want to buy a goat just so I can do this. <laughs> so you can put and... pool noodles on the goat. Yeah. That's All right. Yeah, well, what so, would you name yeah the brain tails. Goat. So one one thing though, one thing <laughs> before tail. we go into brain the character tail. scene, okay. uh, I want to talk about the audiobook a little bit because I this mm. is I've never heard the audiobook before. I've always read the book paperback, as you can tell, it's creased everywhere. Uh, but the audiobook is engaging as heck. You know, the oh, the yeah. courtroom feels very real. I think that helped me digest that a lot better. Uh, but there's a scene in here, and I'm going to – I'm coming at the defense of Rick because it seems like uh, – who is it? Who who reads the book? Mark Thompson? Mark yeah. Thompson. Yeah, he's on the oh. same page as as this, Rick. And I, I have this to is say, the one, so am I. This, this is, is, is the one that here. I interviewed him about at Celebration. Oh, you did? Oh, really? <laughs> it was about the Krytos trap because it was already announced he was making this. Yeah. It was coming out soon, but wasn't out yet. It wasn't a brand new book that he couldn't talk about. It was this old Legends book. So, like, I had the freedom to ask him about it. And I asked him what he thought about Corrin Horn. And he was like, uh. <laughs> I don't. All right. <laughs> Blindsided this him with that one. This is the character thing. Are we going to talk about Corrin Horn? Because I have some takes. Bring, uh, just a second. What, okay. what else about the the audio book there, Freddie? Yeah. yeah. There, so you know, uh, we all we all there was probably what a, a Utini meeting in. Uh, uh, I could see all the the twelve counselors sitting in their hover chairs saying, "Okay, Rick, <laughs> you can't say moist anymore." But I don't know. <laughs> I'd have to say there's a very nice read and a very nice long draw when when we hear this in the in the book i think we need to play i it, just right? got to this today check <laughs> it out all right here we go give it a listen
There we go. I love how moist and bowels are in the same <laughs> sentence. Moist. The moist, moldy pipes. Moldy I pipes. <laughs> I heard that today, and I legit almost clipped it to play on the show. <laughs> I kid you not. I I uh, thought I've got to save this one for Rick. I'll get to it next week. And sure enough, so we're just flying out of the yeah. chapter. It, so I was I was in the middle of doing a said squat earlier. Uh, I was in the middle of doing a squat, and I I honestly I I couldn't even go down. I had to rack everything back up because I was like, oh man, I'm sending this to Rick right now. <laughs> Oh, I'm so glad that we all thought of Rick when we got to that part. I just want to say, I, I, I work out too, totally. Yeah. So. <laughs> oh, yeah. Rick is the king of squats, if you know what I'm saying. Yeah. Okay. Now, the I don't know if I officially gave my review. Real briefly, I'm going to give it incredible, not quite masterpiece. I think it's the best of the X-Wing series. Probably right there alongside Wedge's Gamble. I love the way that it goes back and forth between these uh, handful of different storylines with, on the one hand, Corrin being in prison slash brainwashed slash flying a TIE fighter at one point. Uh, that's really fun to have alongside everything that's happening on Coruscant. Um, trying to solve the the mystery of how do we heal the people from the virus, which that's a whole can of worms on the other side of the pandemic we'll get to in a minute. And then that alongside the courtroom drama mm-hmm. really, I thought, served as three really uh, interesting pillars of the book to where I didn't think one was more interesting than the other. A lot of times in a Star Wars book, you'll feel like there's one plot that you really invested in, yeah. and the others are kind of like, okay, let's finish through this. We can get back to the plot that I'm interested in. I thought that all three of these carried equal weight, and it's really thought-provoking and also entertaining on the one hand. Um, equal parts interesting and relevant and engaging and, uh, and suspenseful. You know, you don't really know exactly who the, the spy is the first time through. I didn't know. Freddie, you said you saw it coming. My first yeah. read-through, I was iffy on whether or not I ever thought it was Tycho, mm-hmm. but I I thought it was M-Tray, the droid. Yeah, yeah, same. I thought so too. I didn't think it was uh, Irisi, so that one definitely was a big twist for me in the first time through. So that uh, plus the big, you know, surprise at the end, and um, mm. a lot of good threads in play here. This is some classic legends stories, and um, you mentioned Top Gun earlier. I thought that the first book was very much a ripoff of Top Gun. Mm. I can see that. I, I feel like, but I feel like the first book is like the first half of top gun and wedge gamble is like the second half with all the battles i thought that by this point stackpole really found his own footing though yeah Um, yeah yeah, i think he had gotten beyond like that template of let's do starfighter pilots and top gun however Mm -hmm. for most of this book since i just saw like the new top gun movie this summer I was really seeing a lot of Tom Cruise in Corn Horn. Oh yeah, like a, yes, totally. I've never seen it before until I've just you know we watched both the Top Gun That's movies this summer, yeah. and I just kept seeing this pilot who like really thought that he was the center of the universe and could do no wrong and um, was sexy and cocky and but like this unreliable narrator portion of all of it and obsessed with his own trauma and his, and his hair's dad. always moist. Well, I mean, like the in Top Gun, he's obsessed with his own his dad's legacy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's that's fair. Anyway, somebody, so, I, I did think that so, it had gotten to a new level, its own independent story by this point. In so that's, that's incredible fair. for me. Go ahead, Rick. Good job. Sorry, um, I was gonna say somebody on the, on the internet pointed out how the Top Gun Maverick movie mirrors uh, A New Hope quite a bit. 
because the the obstacle of the movie is this sort of trench run uh, okay. to to kill a super weapon um and save the the galaxy, you know? Uh and so I never considered that. It was, it was on point, which is why I think everyone should try Star Wars if they have it because it's it's a universal story that they're going to love. Yeah. And if so. a kid from Tatooine can save the world, so can you. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> also, I spent the entire time that I was watching Top Gun Maverick this summer pretending like I was watching an X-Wing book come to life. I mean, yeah. I spent every second of that movie, I was not seeing jets, I was seeing X-Wings. <laughs> I mean, I just felt like I was in the thick of reading, like watching Rogue Squadron. Which then mm. gets me wondering, are we ever going to see that Rogue Squadron movie? We have to. Oh, if not, yes, I'm making it myself. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> I just, I've lost faith that Lucasfilm can announce a movie and then produce the movie. We're getting Andor. Now, I can do it. I've, they'll, they'll do it. I've lost, the, the TV shows have been different. Yeah. What they've, what they've announced, they've made. But with the movies, I've, I've just, they've got to win me back in terms of believing that I can trust. Yeah. What they say they're going to make is what they're going to make. Yeah. I mean, so it, there's, you have to imagine, right? Like, I know this is totally off the beaten path, but I, I do need to say this. Trying to replicate George Lucas is not easy. And clearly, no. it's going to take yeah. a lot of work. <laughs> and they're getting yeah. there. I think the move, the, you know, the shows have the budget and the time to do that. And to do that the way George did it, I think they're, you know, th- there's a reason why I feel like the mark may not have hit as hard. Uh, but at the same time, it's subjective. Yeah. I mean, he took so much flack. Yeah. And now we're kind of coming back around and saying, you know, maybe we were wrong. Yeah. It and George Lucas was pretty good at movies. Look at the Clone Wars, <laughs> right? The Clone Wars cartoon. A lot of people hated it. And I'm pretty sure those same people probably love it now. And it, it takes a while to, it's like change, right? Change is very hard. Change is very hard uh, to accept. And it, that's that's the same thing with with Star Wars, in my opinion. And once we see it and see it and see it, we're just gonna love it. It's it is what it is. I'd like I'd like to think that the movie's gonna happen. They've announced it. The it trailer to. it has to very cool. We got the roller skates and the jumpsuit and the X wing. I mean, it's if it doesn't, I'm going I mean, to when, Rick's house. We're gonna get that helmet that he made. We're gonna make it ourselves. <laughs> please, <laughs> please get sleeveless Rick for this movie. Sleeveless Rick. Sleeveless Rick. Sleeveless Rick. <laughs> Hot dog, Boba Fett, naked Palpatine, and sleeveless Rick <laughs> for sure. So, uh, those characters not in this book. So let's talk about the characters who are Emily. You were dying to say something about Corin Horn. What What's your take on Corin Horn? Lead us off here. What What was it that that was just you're You're really in the thick of it with Corin Horn right now. You know, I am. And I have to say, I came in biased because the only thing I ever knew about Corrin Horn was how much Corey, our CEO, despised him. And, like, I've just heard nothing but that he did, like, a Patreon exclusive where he, like, got really drunk and read I, Jedi and just, like, hated on this character forever. <laughs> so that's all I knew. And so when we started reading this and it had Corrin Horn in it, I just thought, I don't know about this guy. But I have to say, he is way more likable and believable and you you're on his side like you want yeah. him to do well um he's got this trauma that you feel bad for him but he's also really good at what he does so you respect him and then there's this random fact that he is oh by the way a jedi like that is like such a big twist that i i don't know how i feel about that i totally am on board mm. with him being a pilot 
him being a Jedi is a big stretch, and I'm interested to see how it goes from here. For sure. Yeah. Um, and it goes places. It, does. it really does go some places. It sure does. In fact, he goes to Luke's Jedi Academy when his wife gets kidnapped. <laughs> He's like, should I go save her? Better go to Jedi school first. But we'll get we'll get there. We'll get there. Wow, we've got to have Corey on for the I Jedi episode, I think. There's no I mean there's no other option, is there? No. All right. Uh the book opens with Corin Horn's funeral. Mm-hmm. The very first scene. There he is. Thumbs up to your own funeral, Corin. I love that as soon as I said Corin Horn's funeral, you pop him up giving a thumbs up. <laughs> what a great moment. Yeah, Corey also would give a thumbs up to Corin Horn's funeral. Did y'all see the thing this week about the corn kid? Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I love it. Corn kid, yeah. We'll have to show this for next week's episode. The corn kid that's viral on TikTok who says, I love corn, yeah. and it's it's got the juice, right? Um, it, we had uh, uh, one of our team members photoshopped him onto the cover of I, Jedi. The lightsaber <laughs> is corn, and then yeah. the book blurb on the front of the cover says, it got the juice. <laughs> I corn. Yeah, yeah. I corn. So he said, like Oz said, I went back and forth. And what to name this? I could call it I Jedi. I corn. What about you know? His name is Corn Horn. You can turn that into corn in so many different variations. Corn Horn. Shorty Corn. However, the book opens with Corn Horn's funeral. Mm, yes. And people wax poetic about what a great man he was, and I'm like, did y'all read the first two books? <laughs> What would you say at Corin oh. Horn's funeral? What's your eulogy, mm. your tribute to Corin Horn? So, put yourself before you answer this. Whoever whoever goes first, put yourself in the same spot as Wedge, right? Somebody who works with this guy on a daily basis, and the things that Corin would do to make sure that everybody comes home safe, and how much mm-hmm. he cares about people because he truly does, right? He he's very uh, a a. Uh, what, what do you call it? A type personality. Uh, he wants the fame and glory, of course, because he knows he's good. Uh, I guess that's what happens when you know you're good. You're just like, I deserve fame. <laughs> but at the same time, who he really was, right? In this in this book, he if you if, if he was your wingman, no matter what situation you got yourself in, you'd probably make it out. So mm-hmm. uh, maybe I'll go last, but everyone everyone go first and imagine that you are his his co pilot or his uh yeah just go co pilot. Yeah, man, I'm having trouble saying something. I like the character for the story arc. Like the idea that he starts off as cocky and not trusting and is more interested in getting the girls and uh, being at the top of the charts than he is, you know, really with doing the best thing for the squadron and then eventually having to learn to trust and be respected and to respect his other squadron mates. Oral Quirk, you know, his uh, Mm -hmm. wingman, is the first one to really develop a a sense of trust with Corrin, so... Um, you know, I, I might say something about uh, how Oral. Nobody else wanted to give Oral a chance. He was weird. He was odd, and yet Corin saw something in him, and that's that was a beautiful thing. Corin saw nothing in anybody but himself until he befriended the weirdest guy on the squadron. <laughs> that's a it's a living great tribute to a man. It was either that or nobody rubs that medallion quite like Corin Horn. Oh my gosh. <laughs> dang it, dang it, Jared, that was mine. Here we go. No, he... You ruined it, but I'm going to do it anyway. 
Oh, if only Corn had rubbed his medallion one more time, he might still be with us. <laughs> Please put that in the YouTube video. Oh, oh my gosh. That's fantastic. That, okay. You can't follow that. I'm not even going to say it. Rick got it. He did. 100%. Oh, I'm glad this isn't Corrin's funeral, though, because he, he still has a ways to go with his, his character progression. Yeah. Um, he, he's not gotten there yet. And so maybe by the time I finish the book, I'll find out. <laughs> <laughs> Freddie, what what you got to say? Well, Cornhorn, uh, the dude loves the ladies, that's for sure. He really does. <laughs> uh, and, you know, he he was the, uh, what would you call him? The, the jock, right? He had the letterman's jacket, knew he was hot stuff, walked around with his shoulders swaying from side to side. But at the end of the day, when it came to business, like he, he really, yeah, he, he switched on that mode and, and whatever it took. Whatever it took, he's almost like chaotic good. Whatever it took to complete the mission, no matter the cost, and if he had to put, if he has to put himself in danger, he's absolutely going to do it. Uh, but he loves himself, he loves the ladies, and we love Corin Horn. <laughs> there you go. <clears throat> Beautiful, perfect, yeah. absolutely, absolutely. But yeah, um, no one can so it's, it's that was a good one. It's great that we open up with the funeral, and yet to find out the very next scene that. He's not dead. He was strapped naked to a chair by uh, <laughs> Sonny Isard and is now brainwashed. In fact, it's like one another, another one of those misdirection moments. He's flying a, a TIE fighter, and then the end of the chapter, Rogue Squadron loves to do this. This series, how many times does the series do this where there's a whole space battle, and then one of the main characters <laughs> dies, yeah. and mm-hmm. then they get out of the, the cockpit of the training simulator? Not today, yeah. I mean, Satan. I think it's in. I think it's in every single one of these books, isn't it? Yeah, it has to be. I feel like it. Definitely. Yeah. So, um, we've got uh, we've got Cornhorn's funeral here, and Emily, you know, you had the idea for this question, and maybe I've got to get deeper in the book to have a great answer here. But you you said which of Corin's father's figures do you think had the biggest impact on him? First of all, like what inspired the question, and and then what's your pick? Well, I think it's very clear that he has some issues with his father. Mm-hmm. Um, it comes up repeatedly. That's one of the reasons why the medallion is so important to him. He he loses his father early on, and he holds him as he dies. So it's clearly a moment of trauma. And he has this medallion that he holds, and it's very important to him. It's his good luck charm. And then it turns out it's like a Jedi symbol, and it turns out his dad was a Jedi. Um, but he has other father figures in the books. So there's Wedge, obviously, who's looking out for his best interests and Corrin really respects him. And then there's Tycho, who has a really complicated relationship with Corrin because Corrin just trusts him implicitly and then it, that's just ripped out from under him. So it's sort of like losing his father again. So I just wondered, it, it just seems to me that like he keeps looking for his father in the, the men around him. And I wondered what yeah. you guys thought about his yeah. uh, father issues. That's a good, that's a good point, <laughs> right? He he it it definitely mentions his father's death many times in this book. Kind of just drills yeah. it into your head that this was a traumatic experience. And I'm pretty sure maybe it was Bosk. I don't remember. Uh, yeah, it was. I just Bosk, read right? that today. Yeah, yeah. yeah I was <laughs> okay. like, oh wait, hold up. Did I forget the fact that Bosk murdered his father? <laughs> I did until I read it. I was like, what? <laughs> so cool to have that. Kind of intertwined. That's the uh, most legendary thing ever that yeah. Bosk murdered Corrin Horn's father. Totally, very, very much so. Uh, and, the chat and I to think Hal what, Horn. 
Yeah. What happened is when his father passed, I think he he was like, "Oh man, I was such a butt to you, dad." <laughs> you know, and I didn't I didn't uh I wasn't the son I should have been, and I feel like Wedge is the father figure that Corin had probably hoped for, someone who was like, "I know you're good. Let's get better." You know, somebody like that instead of mm. however his father was. And then of course when you when you go to Tycho, his his relationship comes from, you know, I think what happens is is Corin's natural uh detective attitude comes out and is very skeptical of him. So he's just ready for something to prove him wrong so that he can uh you know, I I think he has a hard time trusting people, but it's clear when he can, right? And and someone like Wedge, you can absolutely trust the leader of Rogue Squadron uh to have your back. So yeah, that's a great point. I never really truly thought about that, Emily. Uh his father's father figures, father's figures. <laughs> you know, I, I was just so distracted this time around. Again, maybe this just the world has changed me and I can no longer experience these books the way I did, you know, eight years ago. The last read through I did. I'm just distracted by the misogyny of it all. And I'm like, <laughs> why doesn't it yeah. matter who the women in his life are other than the ones he wants to hook up with. And he's he's derogatory toward them. There's this line that he, he thinks that that Erisi is prettier than Mirax, but that Mirax is a better person. Yeah. And I, uh, it's just, it grates me. And I'm like, this is just, it's very 90s and it's lacking. And I love the books. I really do. This one thing is driving me insane. Why aren't we talking about his mom? Why isn't she nearly as significant yeah, as his that's grandmother? An excellent point. His yeah. mom should okay. have been in the book. Yeah, yeah. The it's the daddy issue thing. However, I do think that the squadron has a better, you know, pretty good representation of men and women. Um, I don't want to say it's perfect, but uh, a fairly diverse, but across you know uh, gender and different types of aliens. You know, it's a diverse yeah. squadron. So that was going for it. So there we go. Say, say 10 nice things for well, every one negative thing, right? That's what yeah. I was taught yeah. in uh, well, but, my counseling classes. I also think that it kind of, you definitely see him as a flawed character. He's It's clear that he's yeah. had, uh, trauma has happened to him and he's working through it. And it's very much what's going on in his head. Like it's not things that he's saying out loud. It's the just the honest thoughts that just happen to occur in his head. And we all have them. It's what you do with those thoughts that really counts. And so I think that, like, it definitely kind of – it doesn't age as well as other books mm-hmm. in the Star Wars universe. But I don't think it's as bad as I thought it was based on Corey's response. And I haven't read I, Jedi, so it could get worse. But in this particular book, I thought it was just very honest I definitely think that the debate between um, Arisi and Mirax, um, it's interesting. I love him more. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, because we all, I feel like we've all had to choose at some point between like two people where they're like, there might be more attraction to one part of that person than the other. And uh, (laughs) the pros and cons (laughs) list. I was the one that was chosen, like <laughs> yes. or not chosen. Go, Rick. That's my experience. Wait, and not, I was what? which one, Rick? I was the not chosen. Yeah. Oh no, Rick! Hit TV Rip, series stab, stab. coming so, out next year. The sure. not yeah. chosen. You got, you're married and you have kids. So everything the turned not out. Chosen. Yeah. <laughs> it did. It did. Yes. Jess and I both were. We 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 got together on rebounds from bad relationships that crashed and burned. And so. now she's locked in the bedroom with the kids and the puppy. <laughs> 
while we do our Star Wars uh, podcast. <laughs> voluntarily. Well, she is not held against her will. It, voluntarily. It must be that said. It must that's be the said. real Marital important bliss. point to emphasize here. Voluntarily. <laughs> voluntarily. <laughs> not like Corin at the end of uh, oh. Wedges Gamble. Yes. Strapped okay. to a chair. Good well, times. Um, Good times. This is a great question, the father figure. I'm going to give my answer as Booster Tarek, who's somebody who's Whoa. just kind of on the nah. f- kind of mm. on the fringes of Corin's life at this point. Booster ends up having a great, you know, kind of back and forth, interesting relationship with Corin, and as this as the series progresses in the Legends in general, uh, the New Jedi Order and beyond, um, Booster becomes a much bigger player. He and Corin hate each other. He, you know. Uh, Hal Horn arrested Booster Tarek, right? Isn't that the thing? Mm-hmm. So Corrin's father arrested Mirax's pirate dad. <laughs> and then the dad becomes, you know, the father-in-law. And he drives a candy apple red casino <laughs> Star Destroyer it, and it doesn't take crap to, from nobody. It's got, it's got some, you know, in the back where the, the engines are at, it's actually giant subwoofers. <laughs> I thought you were going to say, uh, like those trucks that uh, are on lifts. Lift. Oh, yeah, you know, that, that too. It's lifted. <laughs> like, it's lifted. Destroyer. How is that? Candy Apple Red Star Destroyer. Oh, my god. It goodness. flies at a at a list. Just kind of. <laughs> yeah. They see me. One of the repulsor there. lists is out. Oh. <laughs> no, no, no. It, it's a choice. It's a choice. Booster oh, Tarek. That's my answer. Is. He's the person right. that. Corin writes off, and he writes off Corin, and they had to learn to respect each other. It's a it's a beautiful thing. I I guess I don't really understand the question because I never really thought much about Corin's father's figure. I thought it was just skinny, but I don't know. <laughs> oh <my gosh. laughs> I just literally just spit take. that was a legitimate spit take. There is mist all over my office. <laughs> I'm legitimately thankful my computer did not just spritz out oh the amount goodness. of. Moisture that just landed oh on it. My wow. gosh. Fantastic. Y'all. Moving on. Moving on. I I kind of had a bone to pick with the Jedi heritage plot line. This time through, I didn't my first time through. Emily's Emily's. I can just see the disgust on her face as I say <laughs> I this. rolled for those who All are right, not we, watching. There was we can take the, opposite camps on this. The biggest eye respectfully. roll, respectfully. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The big eye roll. Um, with th- th- does Corrin's Jedi heritage character arc enhance or detract from the uniqueness of his character to you? One of the selling points for the series is that it's a series without lightsabers. Yeah. This was groundbreaking for Star Wars in mm. the you know early '90s to have a series that's about X-wing pilots, not about Jedi, not about Sith lords, and then it was a backdoor Jedi story. Yeah. I do think that it has its merits, however, it kind of undercuts the selling point for the entire series in the first place. But Emily, you, you, you feel differently. So I loved every part of this book until the Jedi heritage. And I just think it is so unnecessary. Like Corin has so much else going for him. <laughs> Pick anyone else, you know, like... He he is too flashy, too good, and like the only time I Jedi. really saw right, <laughs> the only time I saw that it was leading that way is when he's hiding from the stormtroopers and he's in the cabinets and he's using a Jedi mind trick to like mm-hmm. bend the stormtroopers away from him. Doesn't know what he's doing, 
But like the fact that he ends up being descended from Jedi and then also denies training to be a Jedi is just really confusing. Like I'm, it would have to make sense in the next books for me to get behind this. Right now, it just seems really like, like I was on board with the Star Destroyer being implanted in Coruscant, and it just that like was you're, it, you're I was to go on board. At that point, yes, I'm like, but- yeah, that seems feasible. <laughs> but for some reason, Corrin being a Jedi, nah. Mm-mm. Okay, so you you were in agreement with me that this was not yes. the Iroh I thought was what? toward me not liking it. No, but, uh, I agree. My own insecurities projecting. <laughs> apparently, I'll go to therapy for that one tomorrow and uh, have it all solved by next week on Legends Look Back. But okay, so you're a little bit with me. I, I yeah. do see. I'm of mixed opinion about this. I, I really mm-hmm. am. I think that Korra ends up becoming an interesting Jedi character yeah. for the trajectory of Legends. He, I love his story in the books two and three of the New Jedi Order. What are those books called? They're, uh, you know, the books two and three. Those books. Yeah. <laughs> dark Tide, Ruin, and the, the Dark Tide duology. Yeah. So mm-hmm. um, it's a very interesting story arc. In terms of you know starting off this cocky pilot and then becoming a Jedi who isn't as cocky, we'll say that much. So, I'll I'll but say it's, I, it's imperfect. Go ahead, Rick. Sorry, I keep cutting you off to them. My bad. Um, I I think um, it's not my favorite thing. Onslaught. Kind of, That's the other one. Onslaught. Oh, there it is. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's I don't know. Yeah, you're totally right that corn has got too much going on. Uh, that it's it's unnecessary, but that being said, I can see looking back throughout the series so far how the Force has been with him, you know, in some capacity. The reason he's such a good pilot is because of the Force, and that's mm-hmm. you know the same characteristic we see in Anakin and in Luke. Mm-hmm. Uh, not that they're related, thankfully. That would be that would be too much if they were like, yeah, and he's also a Skywalker, you know, <laughs> it's Luke's cousin, you know. Um, but I I think that it, it fits. I don't hate it. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, I can see why there's debate for sure. Freddie. I, okay. Let's pretend Corin is a piece of corn. Right. <laughs> and this book was like that corn with butter all over it. Mm. And, you know, a, a nice scene comes on. You're like, Ooh, a little bit of paprika. Okay. I see. I see mm. where we're going. And then, Moist. and then another cool things happen. You're like, oh, okay, I'm really digging this this corn horn guy. We've got butter, we've got paprika, we've got parmesan now, right? And it's like working. It's working so far. And then someone busts out this can, and you're we're like, what is this can? It's a can of Pam, and they spray the corn with it. You're like, okay, that was too much. That's how I feel. <laughs> I I felt that way as soon as you got past butter. As soon as you put anything else on your corn, it's ruined. That was the most delicious analogy. That ever. was wonderful. That was a full picture. I totally under- I agree. I understand. So I need to floss after that analogy. <laughs> well, so yeah, it is it is a bit much, but you know, it adds that uh, extra little bit of flavor for the series, which otherwise is just you know all X wings all the time, and it's juicy. I got to say, if I had been reading this book and I didn't know that there were more coming after and I didn't already have them recommended to me, I would put this book down right now and be like, oh, no, that was too much. I feel like it should have like, happened whoa. later on Done. In, in the books. Like, by the way, yeah. the reason why yeah. you might have been. Yeah. Not not so early on in the series where there's still a lot. My, my hot take with this is is that I think that the Rogue Squadron story should have been a trilogy. 
And so we get to mm. book four. We'll get there. But I do think that this could have, if it just had a little bit more finality to it. Of course, I'm not at the end yet, so we'll see. Uh, I think it works really well as a trilogy. Uh, I think that four books ends up being stretched out a little bit much. But um, yeah, you know, the, the Jedi arc, you know, what's especially great is that his lightsaber gets longer when you twist it. <laughs> oh, dear. <laughs> It is, it's a it's a thing. All yeah. Right, so moving my, on. In defense, though, let me let me say this. Let me end cap it a little bit here with with Corin Horn. I feel like Corin's character development and his his arc actually I I enjoy it. I like to see where he goes. You know the whole academy and that retcon. Uh, it's fun, but I feel like in the series it it should have happened maybe a little later. I think that's that's my biggest thing. It does okay. kind of feel really sudden. Like yeah. it should have right. been, it could have been woven in better. Like there could have been more hints. I feel like there was an opportunity here that it could have been really cool. Totally. And just at the end of a, a book with so many amazing plot twists, that was just a little bit. And overkill. there comes the Pam. Why? There Speaking comes of the overkill, Pam. <laughs> all right. Here's some overkill for you, Admiral Akbar. <laughs> Yeah, shout out to Mark Thompson for his spectacular Admiral Ackbar. He did and such a wonderful job. It is. I, I wish now at Celebration I had had him do. This was my original plan, and I chickened out. I wanted to have I wanted to have flashcards. Okay. And I premeditated all this, and I didn't execute. I wanted to have flashcards with characters that he's done from Legends books. And I wanted to show him a flashcard, read the name, and see if he could just instantly do the voice. Just boom, 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 boom. Cool. One of them being Admiral Ackbar. It's a fantastic job with this voice. And I think there's a lot about Legends Ackbar that's great. The big difference being that instead of you know being raised uh, – and, you know, you got the King Lee Char thing from the Clone Wars, and you got the he's the, the Clone Wars with the sharks and the Korans. Instead, in Legends, Akbar's origin is he was a slave to Grand Moff Tarkin, mm-hmm. and so he learned strategy at the feet of Tarkin. Hmm. And that's a really interesting wrinkle. And then he ends up, you know, leading his people to overthrow the Empire, the very people who had enslaved them. I mean, it really is great. However, are you ready for this? We've got a dramatic reading. In chapter 11, there are no fewer than three water puns mm. in two pages. <laughs> nice. In the, in the Rogue Squadron books, Admiral Akbar speaks almost exclusively in water puns. Did you guys catch <laughs> on to this? Uh, yes. There's a lot of them. But I didn't, I didn't count them. Okay, There's a lot here of we them. go. Admiral Akbar sat back in his council chair and tried to pull serenity from the cool mist drifting over him. Where's the... Uh, oh, I had it. I lost it. Where's the... Come on. The very first sentence had like a water pun, didn't it? There's the cool mist, but those are the ones that help hydrate his skin. Am I the right chapter gonna here? I'm just going to let you flounder. Let me, let me just drown here. Somebody throw me a life preserver yeah. as I look for this quote. We're, I had you know it. Which part is, is it like right at the beginning well, the, of the book? There's three. Yeah, there's one at the beginning of the chapter. Oh, um, oh, here it is. Okay. Tarkin had given no evidence of finding political fights frustrating because of the posturing and the treacherous riptide shifts of allegiances. Bing, there's one. Okay. okay. Number two. 
Next page. This is page 88 of the Essential Legends collection, if you're following along at home. Uh, I know he's got another top of the page. I spent so much time in this episode uh, marking these. Here we go. Admiral Akbar, lean forward. Forgive me for the interruption, Counselor Failure. All right, I'm not going to do the impression. But it strikes me that you were asking us to deal with the undertow before the wave has crested. Oh, there <laughs> yes. you go. I remember that one. All right. Yeah. And number three. Trouble is a vast ocean. And for us, back to distribution is the issue lurking in the depths. Mm. You know, yep, yep, I yep. did notice Trouble that. is a vast ocean. Do you think when he – at this point, he's – is he still an admiral? Like a oh yeah he's still an admiral okay uh, do you think every time he starts his ship I mean you know it, he he's got to say something right does he do you think he goes ahoy uh, <laughs> what, what do you think he says <laughs> uh, <clears throat> yeah I'll say this when you're tim- when you're right aspiring writers out there as you're writing for Admiral Akbar if you're tempted to write every other sentence as a water based pun. Here's my words of advice. Ready? My words of wisdom. It's a trap. All right? It's a trap. Oh you don't have gosh. to give in. All right. My work here is done. That'll do it for tonight's episode. If you'd oh like alternative goodness. alternative suggestions, I would say, do it. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. Well, all right. How about one more one more character, and we will wrap it up. We talked about Corin. A little, a little bit of uh, not on the one hand, positively, to the fact that... Uh, Akbar yeah. is better in Legends than in Canon. There he is. Oh yeah, there's there's Akbar. You heard it here first, folks. Love his Legends origin story. It's fantastic. Minus the water puns, which are a bit well, we're drowning in the water puns, we'll say that much. <laughs> um let's talk about Tycho here for a second before we wrap up the episode. Were you were you at any point uncertain of Tycho's loyalties? No. I my first read through I was very doubtful that he was a sleeper agent. However, I was a little n- not convinced. I was I was always a little bit on edge. I'll, so there's yeah. a big dent in my book here because I'll never forget the first time I found out that who the traitor was. Uh, I threw it because I was like, I knew it. I knew it this entire time. Called it. Called it. That's how I felt. Uh, I knew... Tycho was hmm. was fine, and I I knew that that uh, M Trey was was a red herring. Uh, something about all of the misfortunes, everything that was happening, I kept thinking to myself, who is there? Who who is there? And why would Broar Jace just get annihilated? Right? Why would that happen? Hmm. Uh, out of all people, and it it has to be the person that would hate him the most, in my opinion. And that was only one character. So that's how I felt. From Thyphera. Yeah, okay, that see, makes sense. There, you can see We're going right to call there. that the scar, <laughs> the, the scar of illumination. Ooh. The, the scar of enlightenment. Wow. Nice. What, what's a better Very term? elegant. Yeah, okay. The bruise of betrayal. <gasps> Broar's bruise. There Broar's we go. Broar's bruise of betrayal. <laughs> <laughs> there, very good. Okay, uh, I love that Freddy's book is a show and tell. Like it's got a s- battle scar. That, seriously, that is so good. Like I love that. After story. the Thanks show, we're gonna find that. out go. that actually he just bought that at a thr- at thrift books yesterday yeah, like right here, and made thrift, that up. Thrift books. Are you kidding me? Oh my goodness! <laughs> Look at this one. That Hold is on, my bruise out. of betrayal. 
many times nice. read Jurassic Park. Oh, that's not a legend. I thought that was get that True Sabakura. It's got it's got dinosaurs. What? Whoa! <laughs> is it True Sabakura on one side and Jurassic Park on the other? What just happened? Whoa, whoa. No, he did a little off camera. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. That one's missing the handshake. Non-canonical. Non-canonical. Yep. All right. Um, were you at any point uncertain of Tycho's loyalties, Emily? Yes, the whole time. So here I had come into this not having read Rogue Squadron for a while, and then I hadn't read Wedge's Gamble. So I, the first time I started reading, Corrin was dead out of nowhere. And I just thought, what just happened? And then... They were so certain, like there was so much evidence pointing to Tycho, and I just thought, oh my gosh, she got him. Like there's no way, like he's guilty for sure. And then I was like, man, Wedge is so commit- convinced that he is innocent. And Corin was like, he full on admitted, like when we find out he's not dead, he was like, yeah, it was Tycho. It was 100% Tycho. Like he's the, he was the betrayer. And like I was in disbelief up until like the very, very end. And it was a wonderful, like mm-hmm. it, it kept me reading. It was really exciting because I just didn't know what was going to happen. There's just no way he could be guilty. No way. Oh. My problem is I did There's no way I he could kill not, Corrin and they did it. He I didn't did read it. the entirety of the X-Wing series before I read the New Jedi Order. I had listened to the abridged audiobooks as a kid. And then when I was doing my New Jedi Order read, like the read up, the lead through the lead up to the read through <laughs> of New Jedi Order about ten years ago, I did not read you know all ten books of the X Wing series. I was I was just trying to get to the meat of it all. In that series, Wedge and Tycho have a great bromance as adults. They're like oh. retired, hanging out them and their wives, and they come out of retirement and they're like, "All right, buddy, one last ride." And so they've got this <laughs> sweet friendship. As adults, I mean, they're already adults here, but like, you know, as old, as old farts, let's just just say it. All right. Let's come out and say it. They're old farts. And (laughs) so I went into the series knowing, you know, Tycho's a good boy. you knew. However, it strings you along. I mean, it still made me doubt. I was like, I don't know how he's going to get out of this. So that's the thing, right? Rick, go go ahead, Freddie. I was going to say, that's the thing is, is even if you know who's the traitor, like I did. Because it's just the paintings everywhere, right? It's it's all leading towards her, but it's still like I no. get it. You're so smart. You knew it. We didn't. <laughs> There's just little things that happen that you're like, uh, okay, I, I see where this is going, and then when it confirms it, you just yeah, you're like, yeah, I get it. But what happens is is you know he's he's innocent, and it makes like the court case and everything just so much more anxiety ridden. But Rick, go ahead. I don't want to take your spot because it there's a lot of good stuff here. Um, man, so, okay, this is one of those characters where I had read about or watched a video or, like, knew facts about, but I wasn't sure if I had it right in my head. And so I'm doubting myself, like, he's a good guy, right? Like, this is not real, right? And kept on, like, thinking I know what's real and then doubting it. Because it did a good job kind of casting some suspicion and making it believable. Where I couldn't even, like, even though I spoiled it for myself, I couldn't remember what, if I was remembering the truth or not. Mm-hmm. And so that was really interesting. Um, so, yeah, there was definitely some doubt. But I was I was rooting for him to be a good guy. How about that? I love that you even had to message us and say, hey, yeah. by the way, can I name my dog Tycho? Or is he actually <laughs> oh, <that> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> name your it's dog Irisi. 
<laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> That's fantastic. Well, we talked about you know his loyalties. Were you ever doubtful whether or not he was going to make it out of the court case? That was I did, I did really tense. That, I sure. wasn't sure how Noir Ben was going to pull out of his brain tails, but he did. Yeah. yeah. Thankfully, no, no, Noir Ben wasn't representing him. <laughs> that guy's a yeah. joke. Noir Ben <laughs> my client would have betrayed guilty. him. That's right. <laughs> oh my gosh. Uh, yeah, it is a great court court case. I think Noir Ben is an absolute standout character. You've heard, you know, the first book or two that Noir Ben is a lawyer. You're like, okay, great little interesting tidbit there. Then he actually has to be a lawyer, and it really does. It pays off in a fantastic way. It's like I'm a a fighter pilot who moonlights as a lawyer. Like what? How does that? What? I mean, Rook Squadron is just Jedi. They could be like back to queens. They can be whatever. Back to queens. (laughs) Smugglers. That's the thing, right? It's Rogue Squadron. It's like the best of the best. You have to imagine that the people that they're hiring know. That they're the best. <laughs> Just like Corin. Too much pan. Well, I'm going to give my shout out there. You know, they've got all these characters. Emily said it how many times on the show tonight. There's so many characters. Um, out of all the characters here in X-Wing, the Kratos Trap, book three of the Rogue Squadron series. Man, these books have such long titles. <laughs> all right. Which one of the kind of, you know, sideline ancillary characters do you want to give a quick shout out to before we call it a night? I, um, I, I love Noir Vin. He's always been one of my favorite rogues. Yeah, Braintail jokes I think aside. You and I, you and I agree to that one. I, I know that for sure. Uh, he, he's he's just extremely respectable. Uh, he's, you know, he's really into his girlfriend and they're obviously dating and love each other and stuff like that. At least that's what I gather. Uh, but the character that really shines for me in this book is, I can't remember her name. She is, I should get the book, figure this out. Uh, I'll turn uh, to my dr- dramatus personae. Yeah. Let's, A seer? Yeah, Bothan, exactly. Yeah. Because it, she really proved herself, even though she didn't do it via flying any certain thing. What she did was, in case... I die. There, I have this report. You can do anything with it. I have no allegiance to the Bothans. I have allegiance to my my squad mates, and that was huge to mm. me. And it, it's like one of the character. It's one of the most minor characters, in my opinion. I can't. Is it mm-hmm. uh, Ar- Asir Sailar? Yeah, Sailar. Yeah, Sailar. Anyway, yeah, her. Uh, big shout out to her. Uh, you know, minor character, but uh, just showing what it takes to be in this group and the kind of people that they attract. And you know what? The kind of leader that Wedge is uh, shows shows in everybody. And, and, and it's very, uh, we have a traitor in, on one side and we almost had another one, we thought, until, mm. you know, she flipped that around. So congrats. Yeah. Excellent pick. Mm. Rick? Um, I think, okay, was it uh, Derricote who's in the prison in Lusankia <laughs> as well? Yeah. Yeah, uh, that was a really fun character in this book. I mean, he's a bad guy, and he has a a nice ending. He finds his nice demise, but I don't know. It was entertaining just how like uh, almost goofy how evil he was, yeah. and like his <laughs> his thoughts and stuff. And so it just was really fun seeing him in a prison because even the bad guy doesn't get ahead, you know. And then the way he um, gets caught ish. That uh, was fun. 
Yeah, power. I can't wait to finish the book and find out what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> I remember, I know who the character is. I just don't remember what happens to him. So we'll know next week. Emily, who's your pick of uh, one more character to give a shout out to? Gosh, there's so many. Um, Ayala is probably my favorite. Um, mm. Or not my favorite, but like she definitely gets a shout out. I thought that the complicated love story between her and Wedge and her long lost husband turned sleeper agent who she has to kill. Oh, it's so complicated. Is like. Yeah. I mean, in some respects, like, it, I, I just like it. It's kind of like an older love story that's, like, more complex. It's not just two young people who meet and fall in love and that's it. That's yeah. that. It's mm-hmm. like... They met in college. Yeah. It's sort of like you... <laughs> it's a love story interrupted. And it's, I, I thought, very pure, very, like, um, noble, dutiful, and in the end, Wedge still has a chance, which is also kind of good. Um I don't know. <laughs> I like but that it's I, not resolved too quickly. Yeah. It, it comes back around in uh, Starfighters of Adamar. Okay. That love yeah. story comes back around. Emily, have you read the Aftermath trilogy in canon? You know, mm, I started aftermath. to, but I, I might have to go back. <laughs> they're they're very controversial. I'll mm. say this much, okay? This happens again. <laughs> this is not the first time. What? I didn't realize that. You're right. This oh is not the first time that Wedge falls in love with a woman when her dead husband comes back from the dead. <laughs> and is a sleeper agent. No. So I, I don't know if there's any explanation for this other than the fact that Chuck Wendig, I don't want to say ripped this off. I'll be more generous and say paid homage <laughs> to this story. Oh. Uh, a little a little head oh nod to the weirdest thing that happens in this entire 10-book yeah. saga. It, yeah. It's but a little Wedge, odd. A real ladies' man, Wedge, only has a thing. He's got a type. We'll say this much for Wedge. He's got a type. <laughs> Women <Love it. laughs> whose the husbands married. come the back. The married type. The married type. <laughs> specific than that women whose husbands come back from the dead and become imperial sleeper agents here you go oh man i will say wedge as a as a stepdad is is awesome i love that mm. from uh, aftermath get that can and stuff out of here all right let's uh, <laughs> close out the uh, our legend show tonight i do think that you know there's plenty of redemptive stuff in that in that series but that one it's uncanny. Absolutely uncanny. It is. Well, Man, uh, come back next week for part great. two of our Crytos Trap Roundtable as we're discussing topics including anti speciesism, if that's a word. Google doesn't think it is. Uh, partisan <laughs> politics, misinformation, and Corin Horn's ego. That does it for this week. Thank you for joining us here for Legends Look Back. Thank you to our incredible patrons for your support. A special thank you to. Brian Dooley, Earl Q, Patrick Ortiz, and Carl Sander on the Jedi High Council as well as Elizabeth Cloutier, Sally Eilerson, and Chris Eilerson on the Alliance High Command. Remember to sub to the channel and leave us a review in your podcast platform of choice. If you would like your thoughts read on the air, you can, of course, find our contact information in the description, whether you're listening on audio or watching on YouTube. And, of course, we're on Twitter at Legends Look Back as well. If you're looking to buy some of these books and want to help support the show, look up a book on Utini. Click the Amazon link in the profile. Click, click, and you can leave a review after that. Remember, as you enjoy your books, read your books, find out that your uh, partner's ex-husband is back from the dead and is an Imperial sleeper agent, whatever the case may be, remember to keep the Utini fan code and be a force for positivity in the fandom. May the force be with you. This is a Utini Broadcast.